Alpha. Today is uh, episode 71, uh, and we have a very special guest today, uh, today with us. His name is Jennings Smith. His bio is very impressive, so I'm going to read it through, uh, and you will find out why it's, why it's so impressive. This man has a lot of experience uh, in real estate field, so if you're interested into learning about real estate today, this is the show for you. So Jennings has been a real estate investor since 2013 and brings over 15 years of residential and commercial construction experience to the team. He builds his company, Reality Construction, and his 19 years old uh, while attending Clemson University. After 15 years and over $100 million of custom home development, he sold his company to Allaire Homes and purchased the South Carolina and North Carolina Master Territory franchise until selling in 2019. So his years of project management experience has helped him build a substantial multifamily real estate portfolio throughout stabilizing value at acquisitions. Jennings still holds his South Carolina residential builder's license, keeping his finger on a pulse of construction and project management. So, I mean, uh, the buyer is impressive. A lot of years of experience in real estate building, construction, investing, and uh, just happy to have you in the show today, Jennings. Appreciate it. Absolutely, Martinez. Appreciate the invitation. Awesome, awesome. It's always good to connect, you know, with the like-minded people. And again, uh, again, for the people who would love to get involved into the show, uh, into the real estate, uh, I would like to, you know, kind of, if you just share your story, because everybody has you know, great story to share, you know, maybe rough beginnings. Uh, I don't know what your story is. Of course, we're going to hear it in a second, but just for people to see that, uh, you know, you can always start something and real estate is definitely a great business to have. But uh, if you just share your experience of how did you get involved at a young age in real estate and like what happened at that point for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, humble beginnings, I think, are where we all start and mine is no different. Um, my first property was in the trailer park. So my dad, he paved the way by buying some rental homes. He really had little to no net worth well into his forties and uh, decided that he was going to go with rentals. And I saw him very quickly build and get about 15 rentals and get them paid off and, and kind of build his retirement that way. And he told me, Jennings, this is, this is the way to go. You got to, get some property and, and do this the way I did it. And if you start now, you'll be a lot better off than I, than I am. Um, and so that kind of motivated me and my roommate in college, his father owned a really nice mobile home park. Um, and so when I graduated and I was working construction and, you know, making okay money, but you're, you're working so hard running a construction company and you're not really building a whole lot of equity or, or assets there. And, so I talked to this guy who was my roommate's father and he said, Hey, you know, a good way to start is, is buy an old broken down mobile home in a park. Most of the time they'll sell it to you cheap. Like the park owners will sell it to you cheap because they just want the lot rent as a park. You know, this may be a home they um, repossessed and, and sell it owner finance. You can do really well. And then you don't have to be a landlord. You can just collect the payment. So I went park to park to park to got, relationships going with these park managers and found a double wide didn't have any ac got it for five thousand dollars which was a lot of money to me at the time um and i put another five thousand into remodeling and i did it all myself new floors 
heating and air and all that stuff. And, um, and I sold it. And within three months, the people had stopped paying me and they had completely trashed the building and had abandoned it. And so I walked into a complete mess and I had to spend another five or $6,000 on fixing it up again. And at, at that point, I almost quit. Like I, I, I just sold it cheap. I just, I was so much heartache. I didn't want to deal with it anymore. But after that sting subsided, I, I realized, okay, I made some mistakes there. And if I learn from them, I don't have to make those same mistakes again. And so instead of just stopping, I bought another one. And this one was uh, less work. It had a renter in place and, and I got paid $700 a month. And then I bought another one, sold that owner finance. And I did it, I did it again and did it again. And then I bought some single family homes, three bedroom, two bath homes. And I had about seven properties there and it was going okay. But um, that's when I set my mind on, I want to get a thousand doors. I want to get, I want to go big with this. I want to replace my income. I don't want to do construction for the rest of my life. How do I go about that? And so that's where I've shifted my focus from single family and trailers to multifamily. I thought if I, cause I, I talked to bankers, I talked to certain advisors, like what would it look like to have a thousand rental homes? And, the, and pretty much you would be radi radioactive to lenders and they, they just didn't think it was a great idea. It's not super scalable. It's a lot of work. It's hard to sell off a portfolio that big. Um, the financing isn't as uh, convenient. So that's what shifted me into multifamily. Um, and so I started with, with that. Okay, so again, as I told the audience, uh, everybody has their own kind of beginnings and beginnings maybe most of the time they don't look very you know nice. Again, most of the time people have kind of bad, and bad experience, the, the one that you had with the first mobile home, but you just continue. You was like, okay, it's a lesson learned, just you know, move on from there. And it didn't cost you a lot at the time. You, like you said, it was like five grand, right? First investment. So. Five grand to buy, five grand to pick. So 10,000. Mm. And I think, you know, most people, you can save up $10,000 or you can find somebody that has $10,000 to partner with you 50, 50 or whatever. Like yeah. that's where a lot of people stop. Like they don't have the money or they don't have the deal flow or they don't have the time or, and really they don't have the, the resourcefulness mm -hmm. or the courage. It takes, it doesn't yeah. take money to make money. It takes courage to, to make money. You have to go exactly. out and ask and you have to find and you have to be persistent. That's really what it takes. Not, I mean, money makes it easier and you'll get there. But when you're starting, all you need is courage and determination, persistence. That is so true. I'm glad that you, that you said that. So talking about construction, so residential and commercial construction for 15 years, so since you moved from mobile homes and started doing the construction, so how much of a focus did you put in towards residential and commercial properties? Was it more commercial or was it more residential? More residential, more residential, uh, occasional uh, commercial deal, but I was a uh, focused on new construction back in 2001, 2002. That's when I got my license. And then in 2008, to 10, I kind of shifted to renovations because of the market crashing and there really wasn't much new construction going on. Um, really, it was hard. I mean, I was going door to door asking if people needed their windows replaced or even installing like peep sites, like those little things you put in your front door to see who's there. 
I would work all day and then five o'clock I would go to Home Depot, pick them up for five bucks a piece and I would go and knock door to door with a drill and a peep wow. site. Say, hey, I'll install this for 20 bucks right now. And I would make an extra hundred bucks a day. And in 2009 and 10, like I needed a hundred bucks. Like I, I, it's, as crazy as it sounds, it was a super humbling. Uh, and I definitely don't want to repeat that, but you do what it takes. And yeah. I needed a hundred dollars to, to pay my mortgage. <laughs> I needed it. And, and yeah, it was a way to make a little bit extra cash every day. Wow. That, I mean, that's very impressive. I mean, and that was at the time when you were still going to the university or, or that was, that was after college. I had, oh, I had graduated college. and I had um, gotten married. I had bought a historic home in my town and I was remodeling it. It wasn't going well. I owed the IRS back taxes. I owed $20,000 on default credit cards. Um, and I had a rental home and a mortgage to pay at the same time because I was stretching because the economy had been good and my construction company had been doing very well. And so, uh, you know, I learned a lot of lessons through that where I always thought, Hey, you know, my income is going to just keep on going straight up. Like, and I really hadn't prepared for an event like that in any way. Um, but I made it through, you know, that I, I didn't have to lay my employees off. We made, made it through. We started making money again. It was really only about a year, year and a half. That was really dark there. Um, yeah. but, uh, came through on the other side and continued to renovate and realized that this business was really just enslaving me. Like I could not, I didn't have any free time. And that's where I started with the trailers. And I also started with Alaire Homes, which is a, a custom home franchise. Um, and they approached me, asked if, if I wanted to partner with them and, and awarded me the first franchise in South Carolina, as well as the master territory. And they brought processes, systems, scale, sophistication, marketing, management, and allowed me over the course of two years to convert my uh, construction company into something that was a real business that could be rolled up and sold. And so I then sold that to my, uh, one of my employees who then took it on to, and, and became very successful with it. And I moved into the master territory. The master territory, I eventually sold out to my partner because my heart it really is multifamily. Like I, I, I love real estate investing. I'm, I'm good at it. And, um, and I'd been doing construction since I was 19. I was ready for a change. Yeah. So I have a couple of questions. First of all, advice for people who are still going to university, you know, college and cause I mean, you were 19 in the college. I mean, there's a lot of distractions probably at the point, you know, but you still got focused on a business and you kept building the business. So, and maybe, you know, there's less or maybe there's more actually distractions while the kids are studying from home right now. But what will be the advice for that 19 year old who is watching right now with all these distractions, the COVID, you know, financial problems, or girlfriends, whatever that might be. Like, how do you get focused, you know, if that's the thing that people, that the person wants to follow to build a real estate company? So that's a good question. Um, I mostly did work during the summer. Uh, I did eventually, by the time I was a junior, senior in college, we were, my company was building year round um, through employees and all. Can't say very well, but we were, you know, cause I was four hours away up at Clemson. We were building down in Charleston area, but um, you know, I don't know if you can teach that. It's like, 
I was focused. I was hungry. I was driven. I, I did not want to be average. I did not want to just float along and, and graduate and get a, you know, mediocre job. Like I knew I wanted to work for myself. I knew I wanted to do my own thing. And um, so if you don't have that desire, because there's all types of different people, some people may not, but if you, if you have that desire, um, I think it's, it's important to begin as you mean to go and, and to think further down the road of like, what am I building? What am I trying to, to accomplish here? What am I, what am I doing? And I think the best way to do that is to read. Um, you know, every time I read, I get fired up, I get new ideas and, and reading allows you to collapse time where you can take life experiences of, of maybe 30 years of the author. He's condensing it into a few hundred pages and allowing you to leverage that. And that's, I think, is a good way to remain focused and stay focused. Because even, even driven individuals like us and, and your listeners, you go through lulls. And I think that that's some of the things to keep yourself on track is to always have your head in the next good book. Like when you stop mm. reading, which we, it's, we tend to do, it, it, that's when I think you can get a month, two months can slip by and you're not working towards your goal. You're not achieving anything. You're just kind of existing, floating along, which is really dangerous. Um, that's how you make major mistakes is not knowing where you're going and keeping your eye on that prize thing, staying focused on that. That's a very solid advice. Thanks for sharing that. I think a lot of people are going to take and, and use that, I hope. Uh, and the second question that I had is how, like, how did you create that situation where you got approached by Alaire Holmes and they said, listen, we want to partner with you. Like, oh, can you talk about that process a little bit? Sure. Um, I think having a growth mindset, uh, I, I learned a lot from Alaire. Alaire was a, a great company, great culture, or is, and still is. Um, but even before they approached me, I, I had some of that growth mindset because you know, imagine this, you're, you're a builder and this company says, Hey, we want you to rebrand your company. We want you to pay us a franchise fee. We want you to pay us a royalty and, um, and, and you're going to stop being what you were built or what, what company you built your whole life. So most contractors, right. I mean, they don't present it that way, but right there, they're going to say, hell no, you're crazy. I'm not listening to you. Like, no, but and which was kind of my initial response too, I, I admit, but, um, but I heard them out. You know, I was willing to listen. And as they unpacked and I learned about what this opportunity could be and saw that the business I had built was essentially worthless and that this was a way to really achieve what I wanted to do. This was a way to exit my construction company, to sell it at a profit. This was a way to get my freedom back, to implement project managers and systems and processes so that I could go on vacation or have a weekend off every once in a while. And I would say that the reason I got offered the opportunity with Alaire Homes was because of that open growth mindset. And that has served me well because I, I dove into their training and that culture, which further expanded my mind. And that opened me up to, you know, buying my first real estate course, which was Michael Blank, um, Ultimate Apartment Buying Guide. I bought it for $1,000. That was the first thing I'd ever bought online you know, that was like an educational thing. And I would say there's probably a large swath of your listeners right now that are out there that think that stuff is a scam, you know, that, Oh, you don't, don't buy these guru courses and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, sure. Some of it maybe isn't, but 
why are you not investing in yourself? You're willing to pay $100,000 to go to college and you're not going to pay $1,000 for like specific knowledge about what you actually want to do. And so I think Alaire opened my mind up to, to buy that course. And then that course allowed me to buy my first 12 unit. And that made me want to listen to Tim Brotz. Tim Brotz's event is $5,000. And I got to fly to, you know, um, Ohio for a couple of days. And that blew my mind open completely and then i went from 17 units to 192 units in eight months by going to tim brotz's course and willing to spend five thousand dollars to do so and then i joined mark evans dealmaker family mastermind which is thirty five thousand dollars a year which if you had asked me that a year ago two years ago i've been like you are insane why in the hell would anyone join a mastermind that's the stupidest idea i've ever heard and yet you know here i am in the dealmaker family making connections with other multimillionaires, generating ideas, generating value. I'm going to an event now. I mean, that, that event, I've made two to three times as much in the year I've been in the DealMaker family than the year prior. And I, some of that's coincidental, but some of it's definitely not. And so I think that growth mindset of uh, being open to ideas and listening to people that know, you don't know everything. Like, what you know got to you to where you are and got you the results that you have. And your results probably are not that impressive. And so if you want to get more impressive results, you better start listening to different people than just yourself or the peer group you've been listening to. Yeah. Yeah. My God, that, that is the key. That is the key in every business. You know, that, what you just said, it's, it's such a powerful message to the people because we get in the positions, uh, particularly when we are as a business people, you know, or somebody starting out is like, no, I, I know. You know, and you get stuck in that, oh, I know, I know it's my thing. I, I know everything about it. But there's people who accomplish so much more. So be willing to be, you know, uh, just learning from other people, you know. So that's, that's the key in every business. So talking about your real estate portfolio, again, multifamily, uh, like, can you talk about how big is the current portfolio that you have and what strategy have you used to acquire these, uh, these properties? So yeah, the, our model is essentially the Burr model, um, which if you don't know, uh, I mean, I know you know, but buy, renovate, um, refinance, and then repeat and hold it long-term. So um, our model is find something distressed, uh, value add 65 cents on the dollar, and we'll raise all in 65 cents on the dollar um, or we can budget a little bit if it's a good area, go up to 70%. But what we're trying to do is, including renovation and capital from our investors, refinance within two years and pull that money back out with a little bit more to spare and give it back to the investors. So, I mean, the easiest way is like $100,000 house neighborhood, you buy the house for 50 grand, you put 15 grand into it. So you're in it for 65 grand, the, the bank says, you lease it up and the bank says it's worth a hundred grand. We'll give you $75,000 loan. Now you give everybody their money back and you made an extra 10 grand that you can disperse and the house is cash flowing. So that's kind of, we're doing that except with much bigger assets. And that's what I learned from um, Tim Brotz, that model. Because when you, when you hit that model and you pay a high pref, uh, we pay a 10% pref. As soon as the money goes into our account, we're starting to pay 10%. Uh, we're also paying another 10% when we refinance. So our investors are usually getting a 15% cash on cash return over 18 months. Uh, then they're getting cash flow in perpetuity. We're not cutting their equity down. 
and they're getting a piece of the pie whenever we sell it. Um, and so, you know, our, we're, our, our IRRs are hitting mid thirties typically. And so it's a, a great return and we don't have to give away 70, 80% of the deal. So a traditional syndication where you're paying market rate, you're really not getting a great deal, but it's a simple property, a simple project, you're having to give away a massive amount of equity. Our deals, a lot more labor intensive, harder to do, um, but we only have to give away a, you know, 20 to 30% of the equity and we're able to keep the rest and, and be, be adequately rewarded for the amount of work that we're doing and scale quickly. Um, so that's the model in a nutshell. Um, and it beats, I mean, it beats traditional syndication and in every avenue because in, a, in the same five to seven year time frame, our investors can be in three or four deals with us versus just one. And now they're getting passive cash flow from four deals, building equity in four deals. They made 15%. They got their money back in 18 to 24 months. Like it's pretty easy to raise capital, but it's hard to find deals that fit that model. I will admit it is, it is very difficult to find deals that fit that model. Um, but that's the Brats kind of model um, or the Burr model. And yeah, but it, we, we did uh, the 17, you know, we had the 12 unit first, which I did under Michael Blank, which is typical syndication. And then um, did an 18 unit, a 63 unit, a 43 unit, two trailer parks. And then we got a 208 unit out in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, so right now our portfolio is a little over 400 units and we've got another 630 under contract. Oh, that's a secret because I'm doing a Facebook, like my journey to a thousand units. And we really already have the 600 under contract. So if we could just close them, um, we'll hit our goal. And so by the time the end of the year rolls around, I, I should, be breaking a thousand doors is, is our plan. That's beautiful. That's a good, well-rounded goal, you know, to have a thousand doors. I mean, that, that's good. So talking about the birth strategy currently and um, passive investors that you have in the deals, like, can you talk about the requirements that, uh, again, for the people maybe who are watching and thinking like, oh, I would love to invest, like what will be the requirements, you know, by the SEC or just, you know, by the strategy itself for them to invest in those type of deals? Well, you have to be cool. I got to like you first and foremost. <laughs> That's the most important thing. <laughs> most important thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we don't do 506C typically. So we, we can do sophisticated and accredited. So accredited, you know, is million dollar net worth making 200 grand or 300 grand jointly. But the 506B, you can take sophisticated investors where they're basically saying, I understand the risks. I know what I'm doing. And I, even though I'm not a, a multimillionaire, I still want to invest. And so we have to have the relationship with them, you know, the pre-existing relationship. And, and we get that through, you know, people introduce us and we have a few calls. I never pitch people on deals on the first call, typically because our deals are already full. You know, it's like, I, I, I'm going to need a little while to get you into something. Um, but but yeah, I like that. I, I really do because I don't like to, I believe in our investments. I mean, if, if I don't think it should only be for millionaires. Um, now I, we can't take $5,000. I mean, typically we won't take less than 50 grand. Um, we'd like a hundred grand, but 50 grand is kind of our minimum, but I, I don't want to, 
I wish I had been investing in stuff like this when I was younger. And I don't want to cut that demographic out and say, no, this is only for people with millions of dollars. Um, it's easier, but I, I like giving people that opportunity because if we can make you a 15% cash on cash return, get you your money back in 18 months, then continue to pay you monthly with a big upside on the end. And, and when you smooth all that out, you're making over 30%. Like that changes people's life. I mean, even a even $100,000 investment can really compound over 20 years at, at those kind of returns. So, so I, I like it. And that's, I mean, basically investors, they get onto my mailing list first. They follow me on Facebook. They reach out. We have a few calls. I get to know you. I want to make sure it's not, you know, that you understand this stuff and you understand the risks associated with it. And you also like my model because I'm buying value add. I'm not buying stabilized assets. So yeah, the upside is there, but we also have construction risk. We also have vacancy risk. You know, we do buy things that only cash flow from day one, but I just like to invest with people that align with my goals and they see the power of what we're doing and they agree with it. You know, Got it. not everybody does. Got it. Got it. So, okay. So do you currently accept any foreign uh, capital as well, or, or it's all us based investors currently? Yeah. So Allaire is a Canadian company and I have a lot of contacts through, um, through them. And so we are working now with some Canadian uh, folks. Um, and you get past their accent, they're really not bad. But uh, the, so yeah, we, we do have some experience with, at least with uh, Canada and also we're looking at um, Mexico. We've got a guy who's got a lot of investors out in Mexico that want to uh, do some stuff with us. And so um, I can't say I'm extremely versed in it, but we, but at least in North America, we are, um, we're open to it. And if, I mean, if the guy is a, a player or girl, then we'll, we'll figure out the legal ramifications around that. I think it, it doesn't super matter other than they may not get a mu as much of the tax benefits with, mm -hmm. from the sale, like, uh, and the, and the depreciation. It's kind of like investing through your IRA, which you can invest through your IRA in this stuff. And, you don't get as much of the um, depreciation um, mm -hmm. benefit, but you still get a lot of benefit, especially because you're in your IRA. Yeah, yeah, okay. So the question is, again, in the times like these, you have, um, I don't know, the number, let's say, you know, the number of investors who are investing in your deals currently, and you're probably building your network and, you know, upcoming like relationships for upcoming deals that people are going to invest in those in those future deals as well. So I'm sure you have enough uh, people coming in, but when it comes to building relationships and reaching more people, let's say even in the States or Canada or Mexico, like what marketing strategies do you guys apply for the business just to expand your reach and more to make sure that more people know about the business and what you're, what you're doing currently? Well, would you like to me to kind of speak to somebody that's trying to get their first deal or two done or more so like well it's, just, it's, well, it's just exactly like what you're currently using, like from when it comes to the marketing point, you know, like how do you market yourself as a business to make sure that you attract attention? Okay. So yeah, putting out content, I think is important. I think you have to establish that you're not a flash in the pan. You know, plenty of people can have an idea and then I'm going to close apartment deals and I'm going to be this big shot investor. And I think most people, most human beings reaction to that is, you know, okay, we'll see, we'll see, you know, and 
if if they see and you and you have that staying power where you're 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 consistently closing deals, you're consistently posting content, you're consistently bringing value to your investors and to other people in, in your field, uh, establishing yourself as a credible expert that you know what you're talking about. That's where you can start coupling that with the person that knows the investor, where you're, you're, you're creating like, I'm an expert, but this person doesn't trust me because they don't really know me. And then when you're coupling that with someone that does know them, maybe it's another investor, maybe it's a friend of a friend. That's where the magic can happen, where you get on the call with the person that they know and the expert and boom, they feel comfortable because they know their friend and they feel comfortable because you know what you're talking about and you're competent. So I think that has been really effective is reaching out to your investor base and saying, who do you know that would want to do something like this? And they, if they trust you and you're doing a good job for them, they're going to make that connection. Um, I think that I mean, we've got a lot of, of money just by talking about what we do. Every time I post a deal that we've closed or put under contract, almost every time now that I've been doing this for two years, I get people reaching out to me that want to invest with me. Um, that's cool. That did, that took a long time to happen, but um, the staying power, you know, consistency. Yeah. Like I posted a video this morning about the fed printing money and, and is, is this yeah. correlating <laughs> with 2008 and you know, I don't know who's watching it or, or what, but it's just one more piece of, of credibility that I'm trying to put out there and yeah. build my brand. Um, on the converse, if you're starting out, I think that it's important to do that, but don't think that that's going to raise you money. I think people think that they, they can just put stuff on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, and they're going to get investors. They're, you're not. That, that comes later. I think initially you've got to be knocking on the doors, you know, calling people and meeting with them, shaking hands, friends and family, personal connections. That's how you, for most people start. Um, and then it builds and grows from there. Mm. Oh, I definitely agree with you on that one because like if there is no business, if you have zero deals and a, you know, under management, I mean, just knocking on doors and building the connections is the right thing to do. Maybe buying a course or two, you know, that's always the right thing to do. And once you scale the business, once you have something going on in a business, then it's the right time to market yourself and your business. Because I'm a big believer that in this day and age, I mean, the attention is the new currency. So if you can hone that with the right message that you put out on multiple platforms, it's, it's, it's the key. It's, it's the, that's how, you know, look, look at the, like Amazon, like the biggest companies in the world that run on like promoting marketing and like the internet companies are the, the biggest companies. Before it used to be the railroads, you know, the factories, and now it's the internet companies who run, who run the world. So that says something, you know, about marketing and promoting yourself as a business. So, so what do you think no, you're going to... Absolutely, because there's going to be a, a demographic, a swath of your listeners that really connect with you. And they're like, I, I don't even... They trust you. They feel like they know you, even though they don't maybe personally know you. And if you continue to build that trust and bring that value and, and be a part of their life when they are ready to invest or they know someone that's ready to invest they may say, you know what i'm going to call martinez and say hey what what should i do who would you recommend i invest with or do you have any deals that are going on and that kind of thing happens over time you know everybody wants to make money today they're not thinking about 
I mean, you've done 70, this is what, episode 71? Yeah. Uh, that's a lot of work. That's 71 podcasts that you put out there and establish yourself as an expert. 71 weeks or 71 months, well, I don't they, know how they, often. Well, you... uh, sorry for just cutting you up for a second, but it doesn't feel like a work when you enjoy what you do, you know? So. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but, you, but, but it is effort, you know, and people respect yeah. that. Oh, you know, that's awesome. So there's more be going on behind the scenes, you know, than, than just a project that, that, you know, with beating alpha. So it, it's just, you know, I think uh, everybody should do this. Because the, first of all, the time is available. There are great people in the marketplace, just like you know, Jennings, who are willing to, to you know, put in the time and effort to, to schedule a podcast and, and to, you know, so you can have them on for you know, 45 minutes and you can pick their brain, you, know, you can talk business, you can find out what these people are doing. I mean, it's just like the reasons why people should have a podcast at least, I mean, there's thousands of them, you know? Like your network is your net worth and that's the one, the one good reason why people should have it. So it's just a fun thing to do, you know, and I really appreciate the time. But uh, the thing that I wanted to ask you before we're going to go uh, is, again, thousand units. That sounds like a very solid goal that you have uh, set for yourself and for your business. The question is that I want to find out is what is the end goal for Jennings? Like, where are you looking to go and what, like, what is the destination? You know, the destination is not that important. <laughs> really um you i get you don't you want to have those milestones and you want to have those goals i know i spoke about know where you're going and i do um but i think that building the life that you want and the lifestyle that you want the experience that you want it is about enjoying that process and enjoying that journey and i don't mean to be cliche and i i did not believe that for a long time until I started really going on a path of where I wanted to go and realizing like when I hit a thousand doors, I'll already have my next milestone in my mind. I'll already know where I'm going next. And it really won't even be that. I mean, it'd be cool. It'll be like, Hey, I'll enjoy that when it happens. I definitely will. I'll celebrate that. What's next, you know? And that's where I think you, you, you can get trapped by that where you're never satisfied and you're not content. And, and in a way that's good, but in a way you don't always want to be looking so far down the road. It's like, enjoy today, enjoy the work that you're doing today. Enjoy the progress and the process that you're making towards that goal um, every day, because that's what life is. I mean, life is so daily. It is not just these milestones. Um, yeah. So that's kind of my, esoteric answer but the you know i, I would say I, i'm going to keep going with the value add stuff i enjoy it for now um you know i don't know if my portfolio may change or we may start going more after the institutional money and shifting our focus that way um because it is very intensive raising money fifty thousand hundred thousand dollars at a time um and i may um also transition into more doing value add businesses, scaling businesses more on the operational side and, and, and having the real estate as a piece of what I do. Um, I don't want to be defined by something, you know, I was defined as a contractor for a very, very long time. And I think that that prevented me from keeping my options open and looking around sooner than I did. Mm, awesome. I, I love the goal setting. I love what you said about, uh, you know, being in a moment, I, I'm exactly uh, on the same page with you. You know, I think people should be in a moment, but live in the future at the same time. 
you know, because, uh, you know, we miss a lot of stuff as, you know, as a business owners, we just run and run and run. And we, you know, the time is flying, you know, you're building the business, but sometimes you, you lose the enjoyment, you know, it's like, why did I start this? You know, you, you lose this, uh, this piece. So that's a great advice. So one last question that I wanted to ask you again, for the people who are sitting at home and uh, they're watching at you being successful at what you do, you know, building the business, uh, going to reach, going to hit the goal of thousand doors. Um, you know, there, I think a lot of people will, will get inspired by that. And I think time is now available because of the COVID, everybody's at home. So I would recommend for them to put the phone down and grab a few books uh, that they can read. So maybe you can recommend top three books uh, that you read before or reading currently that people can go and grab. Yeah. Um, so right now I'm... I'm reading, uh, okay, Slight Edge. I don't know if you can read that, The Slight Edge. Uh, great book. Just finished it for the second time. And um, I like that book because it breaks it down into the sum of your life is the decisions that you make every day, like the little decisions. Like, you know, you have a cup of coffee. Do you have like the coffee make? creamer in there or do you just have milk or do you have just black like those are just like slight edge decisions am i going to eat a salad or am i going to eat a double cheeseburger um am i going to write down five people that i know that might be involved in in real estate or interested in investing in real estate and and call them or am i not going to do that it's like th things that are not that hard to do but they're easier not to do um and that over time will generate massive results uh, or lack of results where yeah. time will either promote you or time will expose you. So you, everyone's on this slight edge curve, either going down or going up. And when you get towards the trajectory, it can skyrocket. I mean, where those little decisions are building up to, you know, where, where we are now, where when we're posting stuff on social media, we're actually getting traction. We're getting results from it where we're, the, the chains are falling away with the banks and the investors and we're able to raise a few million dollars, you know, in a few weeks, whereas that was a monumental impossible task almost a year or two ago. Um, but that has to start today. And what can I do today to affect that goal happening in two years? Um, I'm also reading this book, die with zero. Um, Mark Evans, who runs the DM family, uh, he recommended everybody in the DM family read this before our event. And it's awesome where it's like not focusing so much on saving every dollar and having all this money for when you retire, but finding the balance between spending the money on the experiences and the memories and how those experiences, memories can pay interest and dividends, just like a regular investment can for the rest of your life. And really at the end, that's all we have is our, is our memories, our cherished relationships with people and, and spending money and time on experiences versus just amassing wealth. Um, and then I'm also reading The Wealth Elite, which is basically a book about the study of ultra high net worth individuals, not millionaires like Millionaire Next Door. This is like 10 million to 30 million and then 30 million up. And how they think, like what, what, how they perceive risk, um, the, the career paths they've chosen, the friendships they have, um, how they spend their money, how they save, how they invest. And just, I want to be in that group. And so I figure, Hey, if I can find a window into learning 
um, I can maybe collapse some time, some time there. So this is kind of more like a textbook, but uh, it is fairly interesting. That's, that's awesome. I know. I mean, I'm just looking at the books, like I never seen it myself. So I think people would really appreciate you uh, sharing the books. And you know, that's very interesting, because most of the time people do share, you know, it's the rich dad, poor dad, think and grow rich, but I, I like, uh, I like what you're reading currently. So I'm going to take a note and, and grab those as well. So it's been a really fun time, uh, Jennings. I really, I really appreciate the time. Uh, and the effort, you know, to show up and uh, sprinkle some knowledge and give us some golden nuggets that people can take away and uh, implement in their existing business or maybe some ideas that it can go and, and apply and start a business. Because I do believe that real estate is definitely a great, great vehicle to be in. Again, there's many opportunities right now or every moment, you know, if you just keep your eyes open. But uh, I love what you what you said about investing and, uh, you know, your experience uh, in it. So, you know, all the best of luck with uh, going to the thousand doors. I'm sure you're going to reach it all this right, year man, with no I problem. You there. there you go. You're back. Okay. Yeah. So, so as I said, you know, best of luck with the thousand doors uh, goal. I'm sure you're going to reach it with no problem. And uh, yeah, you know, it's been a fun, fun time talking with you. So guys, uh, if you enjoyed the show, I'm not going to ask you to do anything besides just share it with a friend. Now, again, because there's a lot of people currently looking for ways to build a business, just some opportunity that they can grab on, go and implement and start doing something, right? So just pass it on to the friend that you think this content would be valuable. And again, uh, guys, as always, I'm going to see you on the next episode. And Jennings, again, thanks again for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Martinez. I really enjoyed it. Thank you.